Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse, on your way to work, at the gym, wherever and whenever you have time to get updated. Please remember that this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Stay tuned for additional disclosures at the end of today's episode. So, are you ready? Here we go. Hello everyone and welcome back to a new year. It's 2024. It's the first market bites of the year. And I'm joined by Ben Laidler. Ben, how are you? Yeah, great. 2024, have... yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how time flies. It's good to have you with us, people that are listening or watching. Like, share, subscribe. It makes all the difference. We've got big plans coming this year this episode though ben we're going to talk about oil we're going to talk about constellation brands and we're also going to talk about the vix all sound okay oh yeah it's a pretty broad uh spread of things let's, let's go for it yeah it is it is i mean it's about to get a lot busier this year isn't it but the first one up then we'll, we'll talk about oil uh and actually i've got the, the chart up right in front of me and there was there was time yesterday where it was around 70 dollars it's up to about 74 at the time of recording i mean the highest it traded last year was 94 as the lowest was 63 so naturally it's it's a little bit closer to that low at the moment and and also while i've got the chart up and people will be able to see this if they uh look at it themselves or go on to twitter or whatever it might be um that sort of area around $60 historically is massively important, even going back to 2011, 2014, 2018, and, and then a couple of years ago as well. So real key level that people will be looking at. Uh, but traders and investors will be asking, you know, are we going to be moving lower towards that? Or is that area around $63 that we got last year, is that going to be the low and the next direction of travel is to the upside. How are you seeing it? Are there maybe a few reasons to be more positive? Well, listen, I think and I hope for the broader sake of stock markets that this recent oil rally is a sort of false dawn. Yes. Um, as you say, you know, recently Brent went over $80 a barrel. I think three things drove that. So firstly, rising geopolitical risks, so, you know, in the Middle East, threatening uh, Red Sea shipping. Secondly, mm. the impact of OPEC's, you know, increasingly deep and increasingly voluntary uh, production cuts. And thirdly, um, some, you know, seasonal hopes that, uh, you know, Chinese import demand, the you know, biggest, biggest buyer of oil in the world, may, uh, you know, may pick up a bit. Um, but I do think this sort of strength will be, you know, will be pretty short-lived, right? And there's some pretty big risks out there. One, uh, and we're living this right now, having just turned the page into 2024, you know, a bit of a risk-off move to markets after, you know, the, the strong optimism at the back end of last year. Uh, markets got probably overly aggressive in terms of how many rate cuts they were expecting, uh, you know, this year. That's easing off a bit, and that's Risk-off sentiments definitely, I think, going to undermine oil prices as well. Secondly, you know, we haven't got an OPEC meeting for over a month now. And I think I don't see a lot of appetite for more production cuts. In fact, I see sort of OPEC unity sort of fraying around the edges. And then finally, um, we've had a very mild winter so far, mm. which is really sapping uh, energy demand. 
Um, you can put this at the feet of you know the strong El Nino that's still unwinding. You can put it at the feet of, of climate change. Um, you know whatever, but you know the impacts are there for all to see. European that gap natural gas prices have plunged, uh, obviously helped by the very high storage levels you know here in Europe. But you know U.S. nat gas, heating oil have all been you know weaker as well. So you know clearly none of this is good news. You know if you're investing in oil markets, but a bigger picture, these sort of contained energy prices, I think, will be welcomed by broader markets, by most investors, as they contribute to, you know, the big theme for this year, which is less inflationary pressures and, and early interest rate cuts, which I think is, you know, probably the biggest catalyst for markets for the year. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and also I'm with you on the fact that it has been a mild winter. However, people in the UK will be, if they are listening to this next end of next week they'll be like well hang on it's one degrees on the 13th it's one degrees on the 14th then it's zero degrees on monday the 15th zero on tuesday zero on wednesday it's about to get a lot colder here in the uk um really interesting one though with oil josh and i did a podcast just before christmas where we talked about predictions for 2024 whether markets will finish up or down and oil is is a lottery isn't it i mean it, it traded at 94 last year and then also traded in the low 60s and i found that one of the hardest ones to predict I, I think i said i think it will have periods where it's up periods where it's down but it'll finish a little bit lower than where it's trading now obviously it's a worry though right if oil prices do pick up you know i don't really think the market is factored in you know how that can uh impacts uh inflation and therefore interest rates and so on next up for us constellation brands which i always find is a company where people are like what never heard of it uh, and then when you realize what they do they're like oh yeah so for those that don't know for those that haven't heard of them they're an american producer of beer wine and spirits so i imagine most people have heard of corona Medello uh, and and so on. So they produce them. Uh, they report at the end of this week on Friday, Ben. But with all of the sort of the weight loss drug stock uh, progress that we saw last year, and obviously that's going to continue into this year, you'd imagine. Is there a bit of concern for for stocks like STZ? Yeah. So as you say, Constellation's mainly a beer brewer. Um, you know, importing all these Mexican brands into the US, but it also does wine and, and spirits mm. as well. Um, and this makes it, you know, a, a pretty interesting consumer staple stock. These were meant to be defensive and resilient safe havens in the sort of tougher economic times that we saw last year. Um, but they didn't really perform like that. And the sector was was one of the worst performers um, in, in the S&P 500. And, you know, really hit by double whammy. One of them, uh, was the impact of on the fears that consumers are going to drink less, you know, high calorie things like beer, um, with uh, you know the ramp up in sort of weight loss drugs. Uh, I think these fears are a little bit overdone, uh, and we've written about this. I, I think that'll be a slow adoption ramp. Um, there's limited availability. There are supply problems of these drugs right now, and that is going to give I think plenty of time for companies to to adjust. Um, you know, their, their, their product portfolios. Uh, and, and potentially we may see sort of new behaviors, new markets sort of open up as well. Um, but it wasn't just all about that. I mean, the other thing that's going on is, you know, a lot of these consumer staples companies have been pushing or pulling that price lever pretty aggressively over the last few years. You know, this so-called sort of 
premiumization strategy of ever higher prices has you know, really bolstered the bottom line for brewers until recently. Because what's now happening is consumers you know, struggling with high inflation, with the cost of living crisis, are really pushing back against that and are either downtrading to lower price brands or are just moving on and they're just drinking less beer. Um, and, you know, that's been the sort of double whammy. And that sort of pushback against premiumization is not just about the brewers. It has clear messages for other sectors as well. You know, everything from, you know, your thousand dollar iPhone through to, <laughs> you know, luxury goods and, and, and things like that. So, so where does this leave us? You know, against this backdrop, you know, so this is why we care about the constellation results. Um, Constellation's actually been a, a rare, relative bright spot. Um, they've been able to grow beer volumes near double digits, despite putting through, you know, some modest price increases. And this is really in stark contrast to the, you know, the sector heavyweights out there, you know, Anheuser-Busch, Heineken, Carlsberg, which have definitely struggled more. And this speaks to the sort of popularity still of their Mexican import brands on the one hand, and on the other, the, the relative strength of the U.S. economy, um, which uh, which is still the dominant market for Constellation brands. Um, you know, the problems that they've had on the volume side have really been elsewhere. It hasn't been beer; it's been more wines and spirits. So I think that's going to be, um, you know, one of the focuses of of the results when we see them on Friday. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, again, I'll tweet out a chart from a technical point of view, which people uh, can check out on uh, my Twitter. The links are in the bio of this for for Ben's uh, and I. And of course, Ben is back with a daily voice. First episode back of the new year uh, should be on uh, Spotify or Amazon or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but just back to the chart. Uh, it's had a, a relatively good uh, sort of period since October last year. Uh, and uh, I would just be keeping an eye on a couple of levels, which I'll say for now, but as I mentioned, you'll be able to find them on Twitter. 244 uh, a share. I think if price can finish the week above there, it's currently trading uh, on Thursday morning at 241. If it can finish above 244, I think investors will be pretty happy. Uh, and then another key level above that is 255. If we are to see poor results and price comes under pressure and we're trading under 230, things can change, sentiment can change, but absolutely worth waiting until after that report digesting it before you think about investing in it little pun for you all there uh our final subject today is the vix uh how are you feeling about it at the moment is it a cheap hedge or has that kind of passed uh obviously we're off the back of a nine week winning run in the s&p 500 which is uh i think you said the other day a 20-year record uh also we've got payrolls that are on Friday, first Friday of the month and first Friday of the year. So they're for the first jobs report. That could obviously move the needle too. Yeah. So, you know, if you treat volatility as an asset class and you look at the sort of asset class returns from last year, the worst performer was volatility, mm. right? The VIX absolutely plunged. Uh, you know, it's bounced off the lows over the last sort of few weeks, but, you know, it's still around 13. That's still miles away. From the long-term average, mm. which is which is closer to twenty. So the short answer to your question is yes. I think it's a very interesting way for investors to hedge their portfolios, given how low volatility is, given how much it's plunged, given how far away it is um, from those long-term averages. And as you say, especially after coming off such a big fourth-quarter rally, uh, which has taken U.S. valuations back above long-term average levels, uh, and where we've seen 
you know, a strong rebound in investor sentiment, uh, which is a contrary and negative thing, right? It means that investors, um, you know, have sort of high expectations going forward. Um, and it's seen markets price in what is probably a slightly aggressive or overly aggressive six interest rate cuts uh, on both sides of the Atlantic, both from the Fed uh, and from the ECB. So I would fully expect, you know, a little bit of a reality check here. And the VIX is your sort of hedge to that. You know, we had FOMC minutes overnight where, yeah, the Fed's talking about rate cuts, but they're not talking about six. Um, and, you know, head of payrolls, which, um, you know, I think, again, will move in the right direction. But whether that will be enough, again, against this um, sea change in investor sentiment and these very high expectations for the number of rate cuts we're going to see, you know, for the year. Uh, but just to be clear, you know, I am positive on markets. Um, I do think we're going to see rate cuts. I do think we're going to see stronger earnings. I do think consensus expectations from what I see for the sell side of only sort of mid single digit S&P 500 returns for the year. That seems too low uh, to me. But I do think it'll be a very different year uh, and a very different rally than what we saw last year. I mean, for four mm -hmm. reasons. One, I think returns will be lower. Right. I don't think we're going to repeat the 26 percent of last year. That was more than double the long term average. Secondly, I think most of the returns will probably be back-ended. I think the first months of the year, we're going to have to digest the recent rally. Um, I think where markets will probably want to get closer to actually seeing the rate cuts rather than just, you know, betting that they're going to come. I think we've already priced that in. Uh, and thirdly, I think the leadership will be very different. Last year was all about, uh, was all about tech stocks. I think this year will be much broader and it'll be more about the sort of cheaper, more interest rate sensitive so assets like real estate, like financials, like industrials and small caps. Uh, and that will also mean, I think, that it'll be more about other parts of the world. You know, last year, if not the last decade, has been all about the US. I think, uh, you know, the more breadth that I see this year will also, I think, mean that places like Europe, places like emerging markets will do, you know, relatively better and will get, you know, at least a, uh, at least a look in. Yeah, I mean, look, the last time the S&P 500 had a negative week, we closed at about 4,100. We're 600 points higher than that. I mean, listen, if people, and I, you know, Twitter's not real life, I think we all have to realise that, but, you know, people are getting their, their knickers in a twist about a, a little move lower to start the year after nine weeks, positive move, 600 points, a great year. Then I think the world is is needs a little bit of a, a head wobble. I think things are all good. I think this is a little bit healthy. This is exactly what you probably want to see. Also, if you are bullish for the year, you don't want it just to keep right. going up, up, up and away. Um, so yeah, I think from a technical point of view, again, I'll tweet it out. I, I think as long as price remains above. 4,500, 4,600, I think bulls are going to be pretty happy. And that would take us back to a very key resistance level from uh, July last year, also March 2022 uh, and January 2022 as well, 4,611, real key level, one to keep an eye on. Uh, ben, as always, thank you very much for for joining. Uh, Josh, is, as we were talking just before we got on the podcast, is living the dream skiing in Canada um so yeah we had to to, to pull rank today and, and do this but uh yeah thank you very much for joining yeah thanks for having me take care see you soon you have been listening to digest and invest by etoro for more information use etoro.com
This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular recipient's investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results.